No, hello. Um, yeah, isn't it's interesting. And I'm going to ask Pastor about this. Um, I think that the very subject that you talk about, um, boy, you go through it. <laughs> and I feel like, wow, what are we battling? This has been a battle. But um, it's okay. Our God is bigger than any battle we go through. <laughs> so let's open with prayer. Lord, I'm so thankful for this opportunity. And thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. Oh, wow, Lord, so much. I just thank you, and I just um, ask that you would speak to us, and let every person in this room be ministered to in some way or the other, Lord, just because of your word. Amen. Yeah, I got to say, I just couldn't get enough of it, and I can't, I, I'm not going to be able to give you enough of it. There's, it's just full, full, full. So what, is, what are we battling? Last week we heard about um, um, how every human has been born into a fallen world, and we heard a little bit about how that all happened. Uh, way back in the beginning of the Word of God, we hear in Genesis um, um, how God was in the beginning, how God created everything, even Lucifer, the fallen um, devil. Um, God created Lucifer, wanted, but he wanted to be like God, and so he kind of got off target and... Um, and he ended up taking a third of the angels with him out of heaven. And so today we have Lucifer and uh, Satan and uh, his demons who are go to and fro through the earth trying to bother us. But we're not going to let them bother us, are we? <laughs> anyway, so we're going to talk about what are his tactics, what is, it he's, what is he doing, and where can we be aware, you know, how can we be aware of what he's doing Um. Uh, then, so we we know also about Genesis about the man and woman, and they were in the garden, and how um, the woman um, was approached. Um, now, here's an interesting thing to me: uh, God gave her a very clear word: just don't eat of that one tree. That's all. Yeah, they had everything you could think of in the garden. They had everything, and it was beautiful, and they were well taken care of, and <laughs> one simple word. Okay, but it's that one simple word, that word that was given to her that the enemy tries to take and twist it and say, oh, didn't God say? Now, did he really say that? And I'm not going to go all into that, but in Genesis, go ahead and read Genesis 3, and you'll, you'll get the whole story. And um, so what happened is she fell uh, into the, his deceptive words, and she um, disobeyed God and gave it to her husband, and he also got the same word from God, and he let it affect him, and he went down too. So what happened in all that, and the whole reason I'm bringing that up, is where are we today? Because of their fall, it has put us into a fallen world. They were sent out of the garden, and they were um, given, um, uh, you know, they were condemned to die, actually. So um, in all that, um, here we are. And we're in a, a fallen world, and we deal with all the de um, deceptions of the enemy, and we are going to die. We're all going to die. But we have resurrection life in Jesus Christ, and that's what we're going to talk about. So um, Romans five twelve. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through that sin, and thus death spread to all men because, of sin, because all sinned, 
But God demonstrated, this is Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And 1 Timothy 6, 12 tells us to fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life wherein you are called. Satan, but Satan continues seeking ways to hold us in captivity. So here's some ways, and I know you probably know many. They're dedicated to um, the task of defeating us, and um, all who, especially all who have accepted Jesus Christ. And the interesting thing, he's going after everybody, not just those who've accepted Jesus, but he will go after the souls of men, and he will go after the life of the saints. He will go after whoever he can get. Um, he will do all he can to hinder our Christian lives. He works hard to bring discouragement. Do you ever get discouraged? <laughs> Defeat, depression, despondency. He is described in the Bible as a deceiver, a liar, a murderer, an accuser. We heard all about him last week. Um, the evil one, he beguiles, he seduces, he opposes and blasphemies. He's destructive and hinders the growth of God's people. He denies truth. This is a very important one, since our Savior is the truth. This is very important. He denies truth and the absoluteness of moral standards. And one of the three points that um, Becky brought out last week that were really good, he is influential, but he is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere. He goes to and fro over, all over the earth, but he is not everywhere. He's powerful, but he is not omnipotent. He has a limited amount of power. He's intelligent, but he is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. Isn't that exciting? I love it. I love it. He doesn't know everything. So be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Now we're going to look at um, two important ways that um, the enemy, Satan, will um, try to affect us. And one is the world. The world is our outer enemy. So think of it like that. He, the world out there. And, I, and this is referring to the systems, the philosophies of this world the um, value system that's contrary to God's way. Um, it's talking about a man-centered way of life, that, you know, it's all about me, and it's just about this life, and then it's over, and it doesn't matter. Um, the principles of the world are force, greed, selfishness, ambition, and pleasure. First John two fifteen and 16, Do not love the world or the things in this world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it's of this world. So let's look at each one of them. The lust of the flesh. We're talking about sensuality. We're talking about those cravings that we have. Now, we all have senses, and we all have to fill our senses. You know, we're hungry, we got to eat. But this, the lust of the flesh, will go beyond that. It's excessive pleasure. It's having more than enough. It's like, you know, we just got to have it all. And all we're doing is feeding our senses. We're trying to make us feel better. And it's not going to last. It only lasts so long. And then you need more. It will never fulfill anything. Then the lust of the eyes. Well, that's materialism. 
We look around and we see, oh, I got to have that. Oh, wow, look, look at that car over there. That'd be nice. But um, anything that is a selfish desire to just to get it, to long for something, to possess something, be eager to acquire, and um, just to have that mentality all the time. You know, man, I love shopping. I got to go shopping because, wow, I got to have that. You know, it's okay to go shopping. It is. It's those excessive, lustful things. So those are the areas we want to watch for. The pride of life. The pride of life is egotism. Well, kind of the air of being somebody. We all want to, we all need to have purpose. We all need to be somebody. But it's like we are, um, you know, just inflating our own reputation. We're trying to gain a display, you know, let other people see, oh, man, we're really something. And, and, they, and we do that by what we have, maybe, what we say, how we, how we present ourselves, what we wear, what we do, you know, in lots of ways, the pride of life. So the world exerts its influence as, on all of us. <laughs> um, it would uh, like to dominate our personalities and mold our thoughts, but we must disassociate ourselves from the value system of this world and its preoccupation with pleasure, with wealth, and with power. Refuse to swim the tide and do as others do. I, I have been looking for the scripture, and I, I don't really know where it specifically says in the Bible, just because everybody's doing it, we don't have to do it. Have you heard of that? You can see it? You hear that? Okay. I found a little place in Deuteronomy <laughs> that says um, they're going into the land, and the Israelites are going into their, their chosen land, promised land, and um, God is giving them warning, and he says in 1230 of Deuteronomy, Take heed to yourself that you are not ensnared to follow them, that you do not inquire after their gods. So it's sort of like, you know, just because they're doing it or just because somebody else has it, we don't want to follow that. We are going to follow our own Savior and Redeemer. He saved us. He loves us. He knows us. And he's the only one that we... We need to follow. Um, so anyway, I thought that was exciting. Um, I know there's other. I know there's many places in Scripture where it just it has that um, thought of we don't need to follow what everybody's doing. So anyway, um, so um, James four four. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world, makes himself an enemy of God. And I started thinking about that. What does that mean? How, you know, come on, the world's not that bad, is it? Come on, look out there. Let's, there's lots of fun things, you know. And I want to tell you, God, God gave us this world to enjoy. He wants us to enjoy his nature and his, you know, the world, but not when it's taking us and enticing us and pulling us and, capturing us and you know away from our father god and and so we we just need to be very careful about that <clears throat> Romans 12:1 and 2 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your body as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your reasonable service do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
John 16, 33, be of good cheer, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. So some of the world, the things of the world that we want to be really uh, mindful of and careful of, trends, all kinds of trends. Oh, that's the latest. Let's go that way. Fads, fads come and go. Uh, I want to just say, and I really, TV, social media, um, you know, there's a place for those things, and, you know, they're good in their way, but you, you guys know. You know how they can drive us away. You know how it can entice us away, and, and what's on the TV? I got to tell you uh, an example of TV. Um, many, several times, Paul and I have, have um, just got rid of the TV, and we've gone that way, so we're not having this in our home anymore. Forget it, <laughs> but um, it always kind of comes back, and so then we try to monitor, well, what's going on? You know, we just have to watch out what's going on. We have to just be aware. Um, but I went to a, you know, a movie. I'm at this movie. It's just a, like a PG-13, but it's, man, it's high action. It's going, man, you know, bombs going off here and shooting and moving and oh, all kinds of races. And you know how it is? It can be very high action. And, man, it just stirs you all up. Well, it's one thing to go to a movie, and then we go get on our car, and we go home, whatever. And it was, it was all right. It could maybe... But one time, um, one of those kind of movies came on in our home on our TV. And I thought, you know, that's, that was a good movie. Let's just watch it. Whoa, it affects the atmosphere of your home. It affects your home, what you put and let happen in your home. Watch out what's going on. Even if it wasn't our movie, it wasn't necessarily super bad. It's, it's bringing in... I don't know. I like peace in my home. I like peace. I like um, a, a sense of wellness and well-being and, you know, just a peace. And you know what? We got to watch what we're listening to, what we're letting in, what we're hearing, what we're seeing. I mean, magazines, books. I mean, it could be anything like that, internet, whatever. Um, just, just be aware. Be aware because it will affect us, and it will affect our home, and it will affect everybody in our home, and it will affect people who come into our home. So we, um, we have a, um, we can do that. We can do that. That's our, that's our um, territory, and we can do that. <laughs> um, so now we're going to go into, uh, now we've, um, we're going to go into the flesh and the areas of the flesh. We know the world is kind of that outer enemy. Now, the flesh is more that inner foe that's in us, that, you know, what those things in, in us that just can lead us away. Wow, you guys, it's only been five minutes, and I'm, I'm going to be done here in a minute. <laughs> I'll try to make this go long. Let's see. Oh, my. Okay, I'll go slow. Am I going fast? Is that why? Oh, Okay. So the flesh, the inner foe, this might take a while. <laughs> um, that's basically our fallen nature, that self-centered part of us. Um, that, and that always has a, a tendency, a, just a natural tendency for sin. Do you know anything about that part? Anybody here <laughs> with your flesh? <laughs> um, and there's a, bent, there's a bent in our flesh towards rejecting authority. Did you ever have that before? <laughs> um, it tends to be lazy slothful, quick to develop vengeful thoughts, can have a little attitude, uh, slanted toward worship of self, manifests in more subtle forms, um, 
kind of when we're too busy, distracted, uncaring. You know, okay, let's look at a few. Like, um, well, I know as a Christian, you know, it would be good if I go help somebody or go do something, or I should be at that prayer meeting or whatever. Well, I'm too busy. Hmm, I don't, it's okay. I'm, you know, those kind of things where, you know, it's kind of just a subtle, you know, it's okay. I don't need to be there. Okay. Or um, you're distracted with something, or you just don't care. You know, oh, they're going to go out witnessing, and oh, it would be nice to tell somebody about the Lord. It would be nice to, well, I don't really care if anybody, you know, I don't care. <laughs> you know, see how those little attitudes, those are attitudes of our flesh. And, um, and we all have it. We all have that, that human nature. But we have answers. Uh, Jesus has the answer for that. So we're going to be getting to that. So, um Romans seven fifteen, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that is what I do. Did you know Paul had that problem? This Paul, yeah. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Galatians 5:17 So now the works of the flesh are evident and these are some of the works of the flesh adultery fornication uncleanness lewdness idolatry sorcery hatred contentions jealousies outbursts of wrath selfish ambition dissensions heresies envy murders drunkenness rivalries and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in, that, in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I didn't make those up. Those came out of this word. <laughs> That's pretty powerful, really. So we, we need to get in this word, let his word show us. Show us, kind of get, make our hearts sensitive to God, not to the world and not to the things of this world, but... God, what is pleasing to you? What do you expect of us? What do you, you know, want of us? Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have good news. Romans 10, 9 and 10. This is a verse, I got to tell you this verse. When I was 19 years old, I was at a youth meeting. And we had wonderful worship. I was crying, and I was just enjoying God. And my husband now, Paul, um, opened the word and showed me this. And this is powerful. It changed my life. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe that in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Wow. I realized you did that for me, Lord. Wow. That is a word to me personally. He died for me personally. For with my heart, I believe unto righteousness. And with the mouth, I confess. And it's made um, unto salvation. And that's when I knew um, that Jesus died for me. Romans 8. Romans 8. I can read the whole verse, the whole chapter. But 
There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. It's in Jesus Christ. So if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. Um, Jesus came to set us free, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put on death the deeds You put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So I have an area in here that is, I just felt like, wow. God, Jesus did so much for us. He gave us everything we need. Everything we need, he's got it all. But we have choices to make. So what are our choices? Um, Now, I know most of you have made that choice for Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And that's um, awesome. That's a wonderful thing Jesus did for us. Uh, He gave his life, and we can accept that, and we can live in that hope, knowing we have abundant life in him, and we have um, eternal life with him. But um, what are our daily choices Now, Jesus said to daily, deny yourself, take up your cross, and walk with him, follow him. Whoa. Daily, every day. (laughs) Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yield to him. Hear his still, small voice. Be discerning and be obedient. One of the things I think would help us um, with discerning the Spirit and with um, hearing that still, small voice is getting in his word. His word, because that, if that just, you got it in there, it's like you just feed on that. You know, let the word just come to your heart. Um, and I do want to get a big, uh, I, I want to just share how important it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I go to my Father, but I'm sending my Spirit to you, that my Spirit will live inside of you. Can you believe this? Is this something that God would give his... His, he lives inside of us, his, his Holy Spirit. Ins- That's incredible. I mean, has he done great things for us? I mean, so I, I just want to um, seek, seek the Holy Spirit. Seek more of the Holy Spirit. It, the Bible says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, be filled, be filled. Um, I'm, and I'm going to share something about uh, when, when I wanted more of God, I was seeking, I was praying, and people were praying for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, man, I just, man, you know I want you, God. I want more of you. That's all I want. 
And I was having a hard time. And I'd come again. I'd pray again. And I'd come again. And I kept seeking and seeking. I wanted, you know what happened? You know what happened? He showed me something back there um, several years ago when, at that time. Um, I was involved in a little situation. And to me, it, you know, yeah, it was probably bad. Probably wasn't a good thing. And, but it didn't go that far. And it, it was okay. And we got out of it. And, you know, and I went on my way. You know what he reminded me of? He said, that was sin. That was sin. I didn't look at it like sin. I looked at it like, well, that was a mistake. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. And you know how we just kind of gloss it over? But when I said, um, and when I agreed with him, when you get in agreement with what God says, and he said, that was sin, I said, Lord, you know what? That was sin. And we confess our sins. He is faithful to forgive us. So I just told him, Lord, I'm sorry. That was sin. I fell into that. I, I'm sorry. That was very wrong. Anyway, I just confessed, and I'm telling you, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. I, I, don't, think, I don't think God is holding back his spirit, but I think he's, he's, he loves us so much. He wants so much for us to be, you know, like right with him and he's he has given us everything everything to to um be whole and be cleansed and be anyway i just oh that was a big lesson for me it's a big lesson if i'm praying about something and it's not answering what's going on lord what's going on what god um you know how it says um see um you know how he says search my heart thank you search my heart See, search, what is my evil way in there? There's an evil way in there. I know I'm a natural person, but I know I, I don't think I go out sinning on purpose, but what is there? And man, he can show me. There's a little attitude going on, you know? I don't always know. I don't always see it, or I don't always say that it's sin. So anyway, he, he will, um, he's faithful. Please don't, oh, I just want to say don't. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to say this. Because I've been through a lot, my husband and I, and I feel like we, um, I have a lot of, I, I could say, unanswered prayer, and man, this God, who is he? And man, he doesn't answer my prayer at all. And, but I got to tell you something. He has answered every single prayer. He has. I haven't got every single thing I want, that's for sure. I haven't got it all. But he has answered my prayer. He has been there. When it didn't work this way, it worked that way. And it was okay. It was better when it was supposed to be like this, Lord, this is the way I want it. Well, I, I'll, put, I'll help you. It's this way. You know what I mean? He's got our good in mind. And he is so um, so loving. And, and he does answer our prayer. I, I just want to encourage you. Don't, don't ever just you know, let, you know, let go and take off because he doesn't do what you want him to do. He's so faithful, and he, and he knows better. He knows way better than we do. <laughs> so we uh, make some wise choices. Take up our cross daily, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Take up the armor of God, the sword of the Spirit. This word is powerful. It, oh, Paul, you're, he gave me some great um, input to this message. And one of the things he reminded me, this is a two-edged sword. It's not, you know, what if it's just one and I can, that's the only way I can do it. Man, I can cut through. I'm, both sides will get it. And it's like, 
It's like two edges. It's powerful. It's alive. It's active. And it, it has the ability to cut between our soul and our spirit. It go there. Just go right there. Oh, man, he's awesome. So take up the armor of God. Pray without ceasing. Um, and, and I want to mention, and that's another one from Paul, was um, about the Lord's Prayer. Do you, do you see how the Lord's Prayer goes? Your will be done, not mine. Let it be as it is in heaven, as it isn't, let it be in the earth. You know, it's like, wow, he taught us how to pray. So that's a really good, uh, just a pattern for prayer. Pray without ceasing. Take your thoughts captive. Believe truth. Okay, okay I want to share this about um, taking our thoughts captive because this is uh, an area where the enemy will just pull us this way and that way. Man, we're just a mess. Um, but um, take a hold of those thoughts. Take a hold of it. Hey, and, and get the mind of Christ on it. You know, what is it you say, Lord? What is the truth of this matter? And don't, don't let the enemy try to, um, like, he kind of waters down the truth, or he kind of turns it this way or that way, and it's like, now wait a minute. I mean, get the word out. Read it. Talk to somebody who knows. You know, don't, don't just believe the lies of the enemy. Get in um, agreement with the truth, the word of God. That's from 1 Peter 5, 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So resist him and stand fast in the faith. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And another one um, that, um, I don't think I could find it right away, but I'm going to, is, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are right, whatever, so, you know, the verses, take those things, take a hold of those things, those things that are um, right and true, and, you know, and think of on those things. Those are powerful. So those are some choices that we can make, and we can um, know that um, uh, those are just ways of defeating the enemy. We don't have to give in to his garbage. And you know what? Let's not even talk about it. He doesn't, he doesn't even need to have any kind of recognition of anything. Um, and so we're getting it into perspective. God has given us everything we need and more to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Jesus, the word. Okay, here's, here's some things he has given us. He has given us Jesus. Isn't this awesome? Jesus is the word, okay? He's the truth. He's the way. He is the um, peace. He's hope. He is our advocate. He is our intercessor. Did you know he's up praying for us in heaven? Yeah, he ascended to heaven. He said, he's praying for us. He is busy getting our our little mansions ready. Yeah, he's busy. He's, He's our friend. He's our redeemer, Jesus. The Holy Spirit. He's our counselor. We need to know which way to go. Well, what's a good idea here? What should we do? What decisions should we make? He's our counselor. He's our teacher. He is our friend. He has the power. The Holy Spirit is awesome. Um, Here's another thing God has given to us. He has given us a cloud of witnesses. This is awesome. 
Those who have gone before us, the Bible says, they are like a cloud of witnesses and they're cheering us on. Come on, you can make it. You can do it. Come on, you know, because they've been there. They know. And so it's awesome that um, then the word of God, full of promises, examples, encouragements, the armor of God, and the armor of God that we mentioned before, but I'm going to go over the helmet of salvation. You know what we're basically putting on? We're putting on Jesus Christ and the helmet of salvation. He, is, he has saved me. He's my salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. When God looks at me, he sees righteousness. And it's not my righteousness. It's because of Jesus. It's what Jesus has done for me. It's the blood of Jesus that covers me. And it's the breastplate of righteousness we put on. The belt of truth. Just like I said before, the truth. The, the truth of the word. Um, and our feet. Shod with the um, gospel of peace. Just a peace. Um, a shield of faith that would uh, hold, we'd hold up, and, and it's our faith in our God, and the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So, um, um, boy, there's so much about that we could talk about. There's so much in the Word we can do. So. But anyway, those are some um, perspectives of how to f- defeat the enemy. Uh, another one is prayer. And, and the thing about prayer is it's a two-way, two-way communication. I talk to God, and he talks to me. So it's not like I'm just throwing out all my stuff. Be still and listen. Let him, he'll, he's got something to say to us. And then his promises, full of hope. Lots of hope in his word. Lots of hope. And that abundant life, righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. I asked if um, J.J. would bring me a cross. I was going to have him bring it in on his back, but he went ahead and put it in right here. <laughs> so he didn't have to show you how he's going to do that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I, I got to show you. Oh, a couple of weeks ago, I oh, wow, I had such a revelation of this. And I want to share this. I hope it'll somehow, you'll catch it somehow. When we go to the cross, the cross is a place um, really of death. It's a place of agony, of hurting, of sorrow, of pain. But you know what? The resurrection is where the life was. I mean, Jesus resurrected from the cross. And the resurrection is life, hope, encouragement, you know, life, whatever. And then um, the cross is the place of taking our sins, the place of confession, to confess our sins, to get on our knees, get on our faces, and confess our sins. But it's in the resurrection we remember our forgiveness. We were forgiven. And we don't have to stay at that cross. The cross was a place to f- confess our sins. But Jesus forgives us. The cross is a place of the old man. Those old places, are the old nature. The places where our sin, basically. But the old man. And the resurrection is a place of new life. A new man, resurrected life, a resurrected man, new, new in Christ Jesus. And this is uh, pretty powerful. This is where we, we, where we are. We go to the cross, right where we are. Lord, here I am. I'm weak. I'm, I don't have it. I'm whatever, whatever. We're just the way we are. That's the way we are. But when we go to the resurrection, 
is what Jesus did, what he did for me when he died on that cross. Wow, I have life. I have hope. I have encouragement. I have abundant life in him. But the cross is where I find that I can just um, let out where I am. That's where I am. But what Jesus did for me is incredible. And this is, goes back to that verse in Romans when we confess with our mouth. And the cross is the place where we confess with our mouth. We confess and we believe in our heart. Now the thing about this one that's really powerful is I confess Jesus died for me. Jesus, um, he, um, I'm healed because of the stripes that he put on his back, you know, that were on his back. I'm healed because of, well, anyway, the whole idea of healing and the resurrection is believing in my heart that he did it, it's done, it's over, I don't have to worry about it anymore. I am, I'm like, I have a, I have a, uh, wow. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. He did it. It's over. I'm healed. <laughs> it's like I have a, what is that? Yeah, what is it? Assurance. Yes, an assurance. I have it. I have it because of that cross. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Don't forget the resurrection. Wow, I love it. I love it. He gave it all. He gave it all from the cross to the resurrection. And now, isn't that something he's in heaven praying for us? Amazing. You know, at the end of the evening, I don't know what, um, how your evenings are. If you have a time to kind of let down and be still and kind of quiet yourself. And um, that's what I like to do. I like to just be still for a minute and read a bedtime story. <laughs> and so the Lord gave me this idea to share, to share this with you. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world doesn't know us because it didn't know him. Behold, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he has manifested, he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor knows him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God has manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. And this, the children of God and the children of the devil, are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. 
For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was on the wicked, who was of the wicked one, and he murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, and does the, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. Blessed, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask to receive from him, because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us. Thank you for your abiding presence, even as we go home tonight and everyone goes to bed. Let it be a peaceful, sweet sleep tonight. Cover our children that are in um, at their camp. This is their last night up there. Let them have a sweet sleep and, and enjoy their friends for the last evening. Father, be with those who can't be with us, our pastors and others who are away. We just ask your peace and your presence over them too, Lord. And we just say, good night.